0: Thank you for tuning in to the best parenting show on the internet. Post Daily Dose. Hey, good afternoon Facebook family and welcome to another episode of Post Daily Dose with me, your trusted parenting advisor, faithful guidance, journal, healing, journey, what's my name, Big Papa Brian Post. I feel so far away from you guys today. Let me see if I can closer. There. Out here in this beautiful sunroom on this beautiful Crescent City day. And wearing flannel. Aren't you so jealous? Mimi, who's sitting in 100 degree weathers while I'm wearing flannel in the middle of summer. And I love my flannel. Obviously, you see me wearing it all the time. Looky there. I'm so proud of this hole. And then I've got one in the back of the collar. I'm so proud. I've been wearing this, this flannel shirt for... I don't know years I can't remember when I got it but I love it it's the perfect thickness I think it's the perfect color and it's just like my binky and I just wear it all the time and so hello there, Stephen from the Netherlands and uh so here I am today and it's warm here in the sunroom and just wanted to pop on here and chop it up with you guys so I thought I'd talk to you today about teens and pornography because right now I have a bunch of teens in my house actually I have Five teens to be exact, and one nine year old boy. And so I always have great opportunities for various random things to come up. And the other day, um, one of our little visiting kiddos had said to uh, one of our coaches, he's like, Hey, Leslie and Titus, good to see you guys. Guess what? <laughs> Mom's to say that hey, guess what you're getting for Christmas? I don't need any more flannel. I like this one. I don't want any more flannel. This hole does not bother me. I like it. I like looking like a hobo. I like wearing my same pants every single day. In fact, the dad asked me. He said, um, "Hello there. Oh, it's beautiful. Oh, it's got a- oh. oh, it's got a little butterfly and a sun." Uh, Hillary just painted this for me It's my uh, She got the the idea this morning She said, I don't care who has a block in the house But it's getting painted It's, it's, <laughs> it's from TikTok Oh, this is from TikTok So yeah. it's got a sunshine, it's got a little butterfly And a little bumblebee and clouds Thank you That must mean that I brighten her day oh. Uh, uh. Now you just buy me mice <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much so he um, the other day. Hello Sue from PA. I bet it's nice there too. Um, and hello Chrissy from Melbourne, Australia. It's been years and years since I've I've been in Melbourne, Australia. So um, anyway, one of my little visiting guys um, told one of the coaches that one of the kids at some point in the evening had said, "Hey, you guys want to watch porn?" and so I knew, you know, I know which little kid it was, obviously, he told me which one it was, and I know this, this young man, even though a teenager is very much emotionally not a teenager, so the coaches mentioned it to me, and I said, no problem, I'll, I'll, I'll address it, and so, uh, it was, let's see, it was probably about three hours later, you know, he happened to be down, and it was just me and him, and, and, uh, what Chrissy says would say Miss Twelve had porn addiction. She has been in foster system since three and ten plus. Oh, that's okay, I understand. Absolutely. So here's here's what's important about this. So um, he uh, and hello Tammy from Michigan. He we happened to be downstairs at the same time and he was said he wanted to go upstairs and um I took a shower, so he was gonna go lay down or whatever, and so as he was upstairs. Going upstairs, and I waited. I, I said I called his name. I said, "Come, come down here for a minute." I said, um, "You know, we don't watch porn in in our home, and we don't show porn to to other people or or other people that are here in our in our home." And so I know you're very curious at at, as, at your age, which is normal. Uh, but I and I'm very curious as to what porn is and looks like to you. And so, would you mind if you went up and got your um, device and brought it down and showed me? And so, he uh, got really embarrassed, of course, and um, was really uncertain. I said, "It's it's cool." I said, "I'm just curious as to what porn is on your on your pad. Like, what what does that look like for you? Because I want to be able to keep you safe, and I need to be able to keep everyone else here safe. And so, no one's." A he goes and gets his little device and he comes down and he's like, well, this is mostly what I look at. And um, he starts flipping through and it's, it's girls in bikinis. And it's not porn as an adult may know what porn to be, but it is porn in his mind, which is like a five-year-old is girls in bikinis. And so... What's interesting about that is, and then I, I looked at his little device and kind of flipped around in there, and that's pretty much all, all that there was. There was no actual pornography. But it's interesting that as adults, we, and I now I know I have teenagers that look at porn, I, and I'm, I'm 100% certain of it, and I discourage it in a way that i Put limits around it, where I'll say, um, if I know, like if I was say a 14-year-old teenage boy who's into masturbation, I will say to him, "You do understand, and this is this is funny too." I said, "You you do understand that pornography is not an actual relationship between a man and a woman." and And he said to me one day, he said, Oh my God, I don't watch porn. He said, You and your grandpa are exactly the same. you say the same things so but i know, I know I know this young man particularly probably is as porn to is prone to look at some kind of porn, but what's important in it all is that you don't create so much shame, you don't create so much shame in that in the in the exchange that it shuts your child down and therefore shuts shuts off the potential for any kind of communication through the relationship. I remember when I had my group home with, full of adolescent boys, and I know some of them watch porn. It's the, the reality is is that when I was that age, the only way you could access porn was like real porn would would be a pornography magazine. Um, the actual being able to see it occasionally at a friend's house um, on a Saturday morning, while eating a bowl of cereal, you know, five, six, seven, eight of us might be gathered around, and someone would pop on it, pop in a VHS tape, and there'd be some porn on. But otherwise, it was pretty much relegated to a, a dirty magazine, um, and so that that was few and far between those opportunities. But now, any kid at any age can access pornography. Um, just through, through any possible, you know, there's so many different um, access points because of the internet and most parents create um, they try to create blocks you know, they try to create the parental consent things that you do and I, and I don't do any of that stuff and, and I'll tell you why um, the moment you start trying to block your children from something they start working that much harder to figure it out. So it is is—it is actually in my, in my mind and in my experience, when I start creating control battles, that's one of the when I talk about control battles, that's one of them that we as parents oftentimes engage in, that creates an us against them dynamic. And I'm not saying there's anything wrong with your parental filters. I'm just saying that when you set parental filters and your children understand them, pretty soon your children are going to find work, workarounds and they're usually going to be on stuff that you didn't want them to be on until all of a sudden you find out that they figured out the password and they've cracked the code and they've you know, it we're sitting there as adults <laughs> cuz we're old. We're sitting there with the safety of the parental the, the parental uh the barrier block and because we don't understand um, all of the nuances of technology and our children within a couple of, you know, chat groups or a couple of Snapchats or, or what have you, they're, they've already found a workaround for it. And so then it becomes this constant cat-and-mouse game. And the problem with that cat-and-mouse game is that it is creating more fear and stress in your relationship. And when you're creating more fear and stress in your relationship, you're losing the security and the certainty of love. And when you're doing that, you're playing a short-term, a short-term game, and you have a short-term focus for something that is ultimately very long-term. The truth of the matter is, would I sit down and watch pornography with kids? Absolutely not. Would I turn on pornography for kids? Absolutely not. If a kid asks me, can I watch porn? Absolutely not. But if a child, if I found out a child that was watching porn, would I shame them about it? Would I consequence them about it? Would I get mad at them? No, I absolutely would not. What I would do is I'd wait till the right moment and I'd have a conversation with them, a conversation with them so they un- so they understand the the importance of what they're looking at at the age they're looking at it. And my responsibility in making sure that they're not getting exposure to something too young in their life that they're not ready for. And then I create natural containment and limits around it. Maybe I limit the... um, The time, maybe I limit the space in the area where they use the electronic devices or have the internet access. And then in some instances, maybe I don't at all. Maybe we just have the conversation and maybe I just keep it completely open because I'd rather be able to talk to them about anything as opposed to having them hide stuff from me. That's To me, that's more important. Um, Can porn turn into an addiction? We know that there are lots of adult men and women that have pornography addictions but what you have to understand about an addiction is that an addiction is an external attempt to soothe an internal state so if if an adult or a child is watching something to an addictive level that's just telling you they are operating at a level of chronic stress and that level of chronic stress is causing them to seek something for soothing and usually when it comes to pornography it's gonna to lead to an oxytocin response because that's typically gonna to, going to lead to some form of masturbation. If a child is, is masturbating and pleasuring themselves, it's because they're trying to get the release of oxytocin that comes at the peak of that experience. Well, if I know that, if I truly know that, guess what I do? I want to actually make sure I create greater opportunities for affection with my child. I want to make sure I create greater opportunities to reduce their stress and increase their oxytocin naturally and to to create more presence and more awareness and more mindfulness and more opportunities for them to feel connected and heard and understood. And then if there's a, a past trauma history, I want to look for the opportunities to talk to them about those experiences that may lead them to be obsessed about the porn. See, I I just, I always want to keep the conversations, the energy, the dynamics open. It's so important because I feel like that our relationship has the capacity to heal anything. And I also believe that kids can be experimenting with porn and looking at porn and if they feel connected, if they have a strong enough relationship, I feel like they can eventually put that aside that it doesn't have to be thank you for those hearts you're sending me that love right now. They can put that aside move on from that. It's just a thing. It doesn't have to be a a pathology or a sickness or anything like that. There are lots of parents who um, there are lots of parents who, and Chrissy says, we block because we have released the filters. She hacks access 100% searches, so no normal searches, a 12-year-old will search. Yeah, so a lot of times, you know, kids do search some very weird stuff, and I've had this come up um, recently with another family that I work with, and it caused the parents a lot of anxiety, and we did the same thing. We have a conversation. So, again, I'm, just, I'm, saying, I'm not going to say that putting your blocks up is, like, there's no right or wrong. What I will tell you is that if your child is searching something that makes you feel really uneasy, you actually want to know about it. Like if your child is watching something that makes you feel super uneasy, you want to know about it and you want to know about it because you can have so you can have a conversation with them about it. So you can have an understanding conversation, a therapeutic conversation with them that gets to the root of what that's really about. That's what's important. You want to use every opportunity, and I'm going to I to tell you guys again. I almost used the, the whiteboard today because I had a nice little whiteboard set up there. Mm-hmm. I'm going to tell you again, all behavior, the stress model, 101, all behavior arises from a state of stress. In between the behavior and the stress is the presence of a primary emotion. There's only love or fear. It's through the expression, the processing, and the understanding of the fear that we can calm the stress and diminish the behavior. So stop focusing on the behavior and start looking at and focusing on the stress and you're going to see a big, big, big opportunity for a breakthrough. And Christy says our own attitudes and experience in sexual development make a huge difference in this area, 100%. So that's what I was going to say when the parents who had um, you know, found out their son was looking at some weird stuff, you know, I sat down with them and I explored their own anxiety and their own uneasiness. And thank you for sending that love. And their own anxiety and uneasiness around what was being searched. And then I talked them through the process of having a conversation with them. They, they hadn't had a sex talk with them. And so dad literally took him on a drive and they had to talk. And and a lot of us men, just like this dad, just like me, just like a lot of my adult male, you know, uh, friends that are are father figures and fathers now, they didn't have the talk. And so having the talk can be really important. And sometimes it's better to have it early as it is opposed to late. So that's it, guys. Um, I hope... It is, um, Jackie says, this has really made me think. Unfortunately, my boys are not always with me, but when they come back, I will spend more time connecting with the awesome, fantastic. I hope this is helpful. You know, the Daily Dose is just, you know, it's the best little 10-minute parenting show on the planet. On the universe because it 's the only ten minute parent parenting show on the planet, and you know it 's just to give you guys some seeds i 'm always wanting to plant seeds i 've been doing this stuff for over twenty years, so planting seeds, planting seeds, hoping that something something you hear will will spark an idea, an awakening, a breakthrough, an understanding, an awareness that helps you move that much closer and, and just one step closer to, to creating a loving home and a loving relationship with your child. Because I believe that we are always just breaths away, just moments away from breakthroughs in our relationships with our children. And every opportunity is an opportunity to handle something in a potentially different way. So there you go, guys. Remember, in any given situation, we can continue to react from our same blueprints of stress, fear, and overwhelm, or we can stop, we can slow down, we can take three to 10 deep breaths, and we can choose love. God bless you, Big Papa loves you. Thank you for sending me those hearts, sending me that love. We'll see you guys tomorrow. Have a fantastic evening.